Welcome back to the Razzball Fantasy Football Podcast with Donkey Teeth and Bidon. Six weeks in the book, Bidon. How are your fantasy teams doing? You know, I mean, I feel like it's kind of like uh, like the season. You know, I have I have some that are they're up. I have some very good teams. I have some that are that are down and that are just. I mean, they're so injured and, and ravaged, and just players aren't performing that I don't know if there's anything that can be done for them. Um, you know, and then there's always the ones that, that are kind of sitting in the middle. Uh, you know, I mean, unfortunately, like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I kind of threw it in the notes here, but like the, the quarterbacks are kind of like that. It's been like up and down and we just don't have that many that are performing. Um, that's kind of how I feel like starting, starting lineups every week. Like if you get like three guys or four guys that perform, you have a pretty good chance of, of winning those weeks. Cause so many guys are just like consistently busting maybe that's just maybe that's just a feel i'm getting but it seems like it week to week no i think i think you're on to to a similar feeling that that most people have this year i think there were very it was tough to have a really good draft this year and and like be sitting at six and oh right now or even five and one feeling like really good about your team um just because of the way things have have uh, sh- shaken out with injuries and um, you know performance of top tier players, it's just a a weird year, I would say. I don't think we've had a, a season like this in a while where um, there's not like I don't know. It seems like usually there's there's a lot of teams in my leagues that are just looking really dominant at this point in the season, and and there really aren't right now. Yeah, I mean, even when there are those top teams, I mean, a couple of my leagues have some some guys that are putting up, you know, a lot of points right now. But you still kind of look at their squad and you're like, right. I think I could beat them on like a, a weekly lot of holes. basis. Right. Um, I mean, if we we're just talking about like the podcast league, we have four teams or five teams. I think it's four teams sitting at five and one. Uh, and then, of course, we have the obligatory like three and three team that's second in, in points. And it's just like, it's such a weird dynamic and so many leagues are like that. I mean, we were talking about it in, in that league's chat, just how weird it is to have that many teams, five and one. And then the flip side, we have like six teams that are either one and five or, or you know, oh and six. And it's just so, so weird because it's the, it's the podcast league. It's all people who are pretty, you know, well-informed of, of football. I, I feel like if you're listening to podcasts, you're, you know, you're really doing your research and you're trying to find everything out but it's just it's been really really weird this year like other than like travis kelsey cooper cup um and like digs i don't know who's been like consistent week in week out that you're like oh yeah i built my team around these guys and i feel great about it yeah i I mean saquon yeah you had it in our show notes here but the 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 saquon yeah he's one The, the solo positions have really been uh a pitfall this year usually a, a lot of people will fade quarterback right that's the the thing to do and then you'll come into a handful of those guys and they really, ha- really haven't this year if you don't have josh allen lamar jackson or jalen hurts maybe mahomes you're not feeling great at quarterback uh and then yeah it's like kelsey andrews or bust at, at tight end right now at least we did see a little bit of uh that Kyle Pitts resurgence that we were looking for, right? <laughs> he got the, he got in the end zone. I mean, that's a, that's a good sign, as good a sign as we can ask for without him having a true breakout. But I, I mean, it has to happen. He's got to get. He's the numbers have to start coming. 
just yeah. feel like it. But yeah, I mean, it's been so weird. It's really like one or two guys at every position. And then after that, it's just random as hell each week. You know, did you get the right guy in your lineup uh, to, to start? And maybe that all kind of shakes out a little more evenly. But this year, this year doesn't seem like that. I mean, there's not really a dominant team. There's not really, you know, I mean, there's really good offenses in, say, you know, Buffalo, Kansas City, and a few others. But even, like, Kansas City hasn't put up a ton of points. Um, you know, Buffalo maybe is the one consistent one that's put up points, but obviously they they uh, played each other and didn't put up huge numbers like we thought they might. So it's just it, – it's, it hasn't even been so much matchups other than, you know, maybe get play the teams that have just run a lot of plays because that seems to be the only strategy that – seems to work to any kind of degree this year yeah so you put something in our notes uh to the effect of um about the the dead scoring and i guess to theorize a little bit because i think this is a buy sell show that we're branding this as i don't know if we've if we've um really hit home on that point in the past uh, <laughs> couple of shows but you know I we think, just do whatever it's always we do whatever we do whatever that we want um no but i do think that there's a a really nice buying opportunity on some of these these top tier offenses with all of these these talent players on the offenses at this point because it seems to me I guess my theory behind why uh, call it the dead ball start to the season here I think a lot of teams have taken the preseason very lightly and and rested a lot of guys and you know it used to be preseason everybody played those first three games and then took the fourth off right uh, shortened preseason now. It just seems like everybody's taking a different approach. And so I think we're kind of still working through almost that preseason type uh, dynamic with a lot of these teams. Like uh, the Seahawks were always, they would take like the first four weeks of the season as part of their preseason and use it to, to kind of build out their, their, uh, their team and figure out where everybody fits in. And I feel like that's where almost everybody's at right now. It's like we're now the regular season starts. So I think it, it is providing some, some buying opportunities. Of course, this is just my take. I have no idea if I'm right or not. Yeah. I mean, you know how I generally operate and that is, is volume and talent. So if you have those two things, I'm buying in pretty much every situation that I can, but it like, you, I mean, it, you're still going to be disappointed week to week. I mean, I know we're supposed to be the ones to tell you here's, Here's the obvious start and here's the obvious sits, but that hasn't been the case this year other than, I mean, yeah, obviously there are some that are pretty easy to predict week to week, like we, we've talked about with the top guys, but beyond that, I mean, if you had Ramondre Stevenson, you might have Ramondre as like a, a top R, or an RB1. You probably didn't have him as the RB1 this week. Um, Deion Jackson over over like Saquon nobody had that um Brees Hall's coming on that's that's great to see so that's becoming consistent King and Drake like it's been Kenneth so Drake, weird yeah. Kenneth Walker's been great uh, you know a nice nice uh addition I think that was going to happen eventually regardless but yeah to your point the the stat that I, I threw in here is that through six weeks we have 10 quarterbacks right now with 100 plus points last year we had 19 and in 2020 and 2019, we had 18. So that was always the quarterback philosophy. And, and I've certainly preached it. I've, I've said you can't wait long enough in one quarterback leagues. If you miss out on the top options, which 
to some degree has been true because like it just hasn't been that much separation after the top guys, but it's been, it's been a lot harder to find the, the right streaming option week in week out. Um, I mean, Matt Ryan for everything looked dead and then he had a, a great week this week. So like, there's just guys who just come out of kind of nowhere week in week out. Uh, and it's all, I mean, it's always been like that. There's always been randomness to the game, but we're just not seeing the, the, the number of guys do it that we're used to, especially a quarterback. Yeah. And so I, I guess what I'm saying is I think things are about to, to yeah. normalize here. Uh, and a lot of those top names that we expected to be top names at, at quarterback. And you know how it is like a rising tide raises all ships, right? As these quarterbacks start to click, then their talent weapons around them, the receivers and running backs will start to click as well. So, you know, think of like a, Joe Burrow. I mean, we, we saw Joe Burrow come alive this week. I think he's probably turned a corner. Um, Kyler Murray, he's losing Hollywood Brown. I guess we should mention that on the show, but he's getting Hopkins back. They traded for Robbie Anderson. I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on this Robbie Anderson trade? But I, I guess what I'm getting at is I think Kyler's about to wake up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I feel like you're always in on Kyler. So I feel like that's just you stay in the course on Kyler. I don't know. He's, he's traditionally not been a second half guy, but with the loss of, of Hollywood, he's also getting D hop. They traded for Robbie Anderson. So it sounds like, I mean, the initial report sounded like Hollywood was done for season. Now it sounds like they're saying indefinite, which means, you know, if they make a playoff run, maybe he's there, or maybe he's there very late in the season. Um, I, I don't know about Kyler specifically. He's, he's currently QB six. Uh, maybe that varies a little bit slightly with, with how you run your quarterback point system. I know that may be the one position that changes more than any other, other than PPR. Um, but Kyler is, you know, I feel like that's kind of where he is. So if you're trading for him, I feel like that you're trading at value with him, but I do think there's a buying value. If, if somebody's disappointed in him, I think Lamar Jackson's another one, just, I know he's QB two, And I just said, you're buying at value. But like he had two massive weeks and then he's or and then like everything else been pretty, you know, minimal. But I, I think Lamar Jackson's a guy week to week that can win you. So I, and we're, we're talking about just the randomness of the game and needing guys who will just win you the week outright. Lamar Jackson's one of those guys. And I think even though it's QB two, you could probably get him for like a QB five, QB six cost right now. Uh, whereas Kyler, I feel like he's QB six, and you you're pretty much paying QB six. I I I don't know. I I think the Lamar Jackson owners are probably a little bit attached to him just because of how dominant he was in those couple of those games, couple massive weeks. Yeah, that's my guess. But because um, yeah, even even in the down games, you know, he's this week he put up 77 rushing yards. Still, uh, he had 73 in week four. So, um, yeah, but generally I, I agree with, with your sentiment. I mean, I think these guys like, like Tom Brady, he's, he's yeah. probably going to come around. Aaron Rodgers. Probably I was gonna just going to say around. Tom Brady and Rodgers seem like obvious ones that, mm-hmm. you know, they they'll just figure it out uh, on the up opposite side. I think Trevor Lawrence, although he's been, I mean, he's been very solid this year. I think you could still buy him you know, at a fairly reasonable price and get, you know, value from him rest of season. If you're looking to improve at the quarterback position. Um, 
but even even Trevor Lawrence, you know, in a one quarterback league, you may still be in a situation where you might have to be playing some matchups here and there. So I don't know. Maybe it's only worth trading for Allen, Jackson, Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow, Kyler, and and Herbert. I guess. Yeah, I mean that's um, a pretty long list there. <laughs> um, that is, I mean, but that's like six guys. Whereas normally we'd be like, okay, there's like maybe one or two guys. And then you could still buy a QB one for whatever price you want. But like week to week, who do you trust to be QB one outside of that group? I mean, even Tom Brady and Rogers, I don't know if I trust them. I guess Brady, I do. The weapons are all going to be back and they're going to be healthy and he's, he's going to you know get that going. But Rogers, I don't know what helps coming. That's going to change things for Rogers where I feel like every week he's going to be a high end, QB one like I'm talking about with those other guys. Yeah, no, I agree, and that does that it does increase the value of those top guys. Just the the fact that at this point in the season, typically there is one of one or two of those guys that have broke out, and um, that kind of makes it easier for the other ten teams in the league to sift through the other options, right? Because if you've got you've got the if you got a twelve team league and you got say five teams that are really comfortable with their top quarterbacks that they drafted and then two others have now landed their uh, two or three have landed like the breakout guys and they're comfortable and then you've only got four people that are like kind of looking at matchups and going for streamers and and that kind of stuff throughout the season so it does really change the dynamic and kind of increase the value of those guys that you can rely on right yeah I think it does I mean. I know it's it's in me to just say, oh, just grab like whichever quarterback you can grab as the lowest value, like a Brady, like a Rodgers. But again, I just don't know that, that Rodgers is going to separate Brady. I still think Canyon, I think you can buy him for for a fairly decent price. I don't think anybody's going to be trying to ask the world for him. So maybe Brady's like the ultimate buy here is what we're saying. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. There's There's definitely more value in those top guys than there has been before because it's usually like one or two guys it's like lamar jackson or mahomes or josh allen that's usually the list um but it just hasn't been as clean as that this year is there anybody that you're selling that's off to a good start at quarterback Mm, i'm actually gonna go against you and say kyler just and, and it's more he's whatever's what's always happened like he's gonna get injured he's small he's gonna get injured he runs a lot he he's gonna miss games and then he's never quite the same after he comes back because he's not really healthy. They don't wait for him to get healthy because they're he's, he's kind of keeps the whole offense together with his scrambling because their line is pretty awful. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Of course, it always comes down to what you can get, right? Yeah. Um, and what you're leaving yourself with at quarterback. If you can land one of those other guys, you can turn Kyler into one of these other guys that we've mentioned, not Tom Brady, but uh, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. I think I would do that. I think he is a tear down from this group that we're talking about. But, the you know, losing Hollywood. I don't know. I, I was trying to think of the the way that maybe mainstream and your uh, everyday fantasy player that's not like totally plugged in might be thinking about DeAndre Hopkins as, you know, the best wide receiver in the game coming back. So maybe it does provide a little bit of a selling opportunity versus, you know, you and I are looking at, at Hopkins as maybe a little bit past his prime and now he's losing Hollywood who he had that connection with and it might not be as smooth of an offense as people are thinking. Yeah. As, as far as Hopkins goes, since we're on the topic, um, I feel like he's coming back and I'm expecting, 
either say like last useful year of Julio, or it could be like first bust year Julio. And I'm not sure which one we're getting. So that's kind of the range of outcomes I'm looking at. And neither is, is a, you know, clear cut, you know, one top, top end one, at least. I think Julio probably did have a, a wide receiver one, his last, you know, productive season that he, you know, stayed healthy and on the field and didn't look slow as hell, but that was also four years, three years ago. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I th- I'm probably a little bit more in the camp that I think that Hopkins will be more of the productive late career Julio, but certainly not expecting wide receiver one production, probably, you know, solid wide receiver two, maybe even back end wide receiver two, which means there's going to be those frustrating weeks that, those receivers just don't put up any points, right? Yeah. I mean, the one thing that should go in favor is that in theory, the Cardinals run a lot of plays, but they haven't been running as many plays as they, they used to. I feel like they've dialed that back quite a bit, just kind of understanding where, where the team is right now. I mean, we're talking about where he fits in. Would you take Hopkins or uh, uh, returning Amon Ross and Brown? I'll take Amon Ra. Yeah, I mean he. Yeah, yeah he was a real breakout uh, guy that the first few weeks. So yeah. solid wide receiver one still. I think. Uh, would you take him or Tyler Lockett, who's like the definition of a low end wide receiver too? I feel like. Yeah, I think that that's the right right spot. Um, probably slight lean to Lockett just because we haven't seen Hopkins yet. But uh, I, you know, if if Hopkins looks you know, even anywhere near uh, old Hopkins in, in his first week, then it, it'll flip pretty quick. So, uh, but that's what I'm asking. Like we, you know, we obviously know that's going to happen. So would you, I, I think I'd make that swap. I think the upside of Hopkins, even at 90%, 85% of what he used to be is still going to be equivalent to kind of the up and down of, of the Seattle locket DK back and forth. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I'm on, bo- on board with you. Uh, they're really close, though. Yeah, uh, and it depends if, if like I need Lockett if he's if he really is your WR two because I feel like he was going WR three WR four prices, but if he is truly your WR two, then maybe that changes it where you need to start him. But I still think I'm taking that upside gamble. Right, he could have been WR four, and then you lost Hollywood Brown and I don't know somebody else that. Yeah. Stinks. What about uh, <laughs> what about? people who are starting Mike Williams every week and just hoping not to get the two, two or three pointer he put up this week. God, you know, that, that was, it's a good topic. I don't, I mean, I know, I know Patrick Sertan is good, uh, but Herbert just like not looking at Mike Williams at all for 90% of the game is really hard to stomach, especially without Keenan Allen out there. It's just hard for me to believe that that continues. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I lean Mike Williams there. I don't know. It's it's hard math to do, especially with Hollywood out now. Um, Hopkins is going to see a ton of targets, right? I mean, you would think so. He's coming back to a familiar situation. It's not like he's picking up a you know a new playbook and a new quarterback. Like they know each other, they know what's going on. So you would think Hopkins just gets targeted. There's Marquise Brown was the competition. Now that's gone. So I think he pretty much takes over where Hollywood was. And then maybe some, some more on top. I don't know. Um, 
So yeah, I, I think in that situation, I'll I'll go with D Hop because I kind of I kind of expect similar things. Like I expect big weeks and dead weeks from both of them. But at least with with Hopkins, I don't ever see him just getting completely blanketed by anyone if Kyler wants to throw to him. And there's so much extra time with Kyler that he can get off book. I'm not saying Herbert's not mobile, he doesn't buy time, but he's not he's not Kyler. And Mike Williams, I, I don't know. I feel like the Chargers definitely game plan for weeks with him. And when he's not part of that game plan, he's just completely ignored. And that's really hard to figure out week to week on our basis. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm with you. I'll say Mike Williams in standard just because he's got that, that, um, you know, big play boom yeah. or bust potential. Hopkins is going to get the, the receptions though. Anything, any type of PPR, I think you go with him. Yeah. All right, so I think we're in a similar kind of range here. Um, Sounds like we're buying Hopkins. Yeah, I think so. Unless, again, unless people are thinking of him as a, you know, borderline wide receiver one, and that's just – I just don't see that happening. We're talking about him joining, I don't know, A.J. Brown, Debo. Like, they're not – he's not joining that group of people. Yeah, agreed. Uh, we've gone a bit off script here, B Don, which is fun. But uh, you put together some notes, so let's try to run through these. Are you buying or selling uh, Matt Ryan the rest of the year? Uh, that's just that's so hard to say. Uh, he's been so inconsistent, really, over the last three years. He's just inconsistent as hell. I will say he has a very favorable schedule, just in regards to the fact that he gets to play indoors a lot the rest of the way and i think that matters i mean as a guy who's played his entire career indoors and the numbers reflect that indoors seems to matter for him now whether that's just being at home a lot which helps everybody or whether it truly matters you know one or the other he still gets to do it be at home for for most of the rest of the season um i mean he doesn't fall in that group of quarterbacks we were talking about so i don't i don't i'm not buying but I don't think you have to necessarily drop him and just ignore him. He's going against Tennessee this week. Tennessee, I, I believe, is one of the worst against quarterbacks, but I'll have to look that up real quick. Uh, yeah, I think that they've given up, it looks like, uh, about 330 passing yards per game. Uh, so, Yeah, I mean, they are eighth, eighth worst against the pass. Or against quarterbacks this year, so I mean, I I feel like if you're if you're streaming quarterbacks and you don't have, I don't know, like the right matchup with the right streaming quarterbacks. I mean, who is that? It's I mean, we're looking at like Geno if he's not owned or if, if you know he's somebody's just completely playing the streaming option. But I feel like anybody who has Geno is feeling okay about their you know about starting him. Um. Yeah, I think uh, Cooper Rush. I guess if he starts again against Detroit this week, that that seems fine with me. But he's he's being very limited in the number of passes he's throwing, unless they're behind. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I feel a whole lot better about any other streaming options. I guess. No, I think you put it well. I mean, I, I guess I would frame it up as I'm buying him as a pretty good streaming option the rest of the season, but not 
not a guy that you're starting week in and week out, uh, which is a small group. You know, it really is a small group at this point. Uh, but I mean, if you look back, so he's had three of his last four games were pretty solid fantasy starts. And the one that wasn't was in Denver. We've seen how good Denver's defense is. They're one of the best defenses in the league. There's no doubt about it. So um, he seems to have turned a corner. Uh, Pittman back now seems fully healthy. I think that's huge for him. He's coming into a new offense. Uh, seems close to fully acclimated. So, yeah, I think I'm buying Matt Ryan if we got to put a label on it. But that doesn't mean that I want to start him every single week still. <laughs> yeah, right? that, that's, a, that's faint praise. I guess, you know, if we have to be on one side, I think, again, you can get him for absolutely nothing. Nobody really wants them to start Matt Ryan, but I feel like he's, he's among that, that good streaming option pool. And he's, he's going to be in, you know, pretty decent situations for streaming. It definitely helped once the backfield gets healthy too, take some of the pressure off of him. Uh, although Dan Jackson had looked great while he had his shot. So really no, no complaints with, with him at the, you know, either. So, Maybe there's not a whole lot that changes. I mean, I know Jonathan Jonathan Taylor is amazing, but it's not like they changed, I guess, the, the play calling significantly with him out. Yeah, I mean, Deion Jackson might have some some role with how good he's looked uh, the past two weeks once Taylor is back. I kind of whiffed. It was kind of obvious after the first game that Taylor was out that Deion Jackson was the guy. And for some reason, I, I started Philip Lindsay in another league that I was desperate in. That was not not a smart play. I feel like you love Philip Lindsay. I feel like I this do. is an you ongoing know, when I, romance. Because I, I, I um, drafted him everywhere that preseason when he was totally unknown and he blew up. Uh, so, yeah, I have a little bit of bias for Philip Lindsay, I guess. Would you rather have Matt Ryan or, or Russ? Mm, I think oh, that's tough. I think that there's a better chance that Russ is a guy that you're comfortable starting every week uh, down the stretch. But right now, it's it's hard to hard to think about starting Russ at all. So that's a hard question to answer, right? Um, short term, Matt Ryan. Long term, I, th- I think Russ. I, I think as crazy it is, and uh, I might regret saying this. I think I'm going Matt Ryan. I mean, Russ has the shoulder. His arms like his arms like falling off at this point. <laughs> he now has a hamstring because he's I I, I don't I, you know it just. I don't know. I don't feel good about Russ this season. I, I think for redraft purposes, I'm fine just getting out on Russ. So if you get trade Russ for Matt Ryan in a in your in a handcuff running back, if if your league is the type of, of league that has enough bench spots to hold handcuffs, like I feel like that's a trade I would make 10 out of 10. Right. I mean, the, these are deep league options. Like they're they're guys that I wouldn't even necessarily roster. But I mean, even this week, I feel like, I mean, you didn't have to be in a deep league to potentially start Russ this week, or even, I mean, he's going to the Jets, so not really the the ideal matchup you thought it was going to be. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if, uh, yeah, I I, I feel like I'm making that swap. If, If nothing else, because this week I feel a lot better about playing Matt Ryan than Russ. And I think they've both joined the streaming pool. Yeah, not an easy question to answer. Let's move on. Ramondre Stevenson, big week this week. Damian Harris, probably back next week. Uh, no guarantee, though. I mean, has Ramondre, has Ramondre done enough to to kind of assert himself as the starting running back moving forward after one big week? Are you buying him? What do you think? 
I don't think there's a buying opportunity just because Harris is going to be back so fast. I think you enjoy this week and maybe next week because even if Harris is back, you got to assume he's not. I mean, hamstring's always a little tricky. It can always kind of linger. So I would say this week, you know, probably starting Stevenson, even if, if Harris is active. But beyond that, I feel like it's what we've talked about for as long as we've been doing this show, the way Bill Belichick handles running backs. He doesn't allow any running back to touch the ball that much. I think Ramondre may have moved above Harris as the RB1 in that timeshare, that two to four person timeshare, depending on the week. But I, I do feel like it's still going back to a pretty clear, you know, 60, 40 or, you know, really, really realistically like 45, 35, 25, something like that, like with New England. Uh, yeah, I am not buying Ramondre. I think that's that's the the way to frame it up. He's either a sell or a hold. Uh, sell if you can get like back end RB one return, um, even, even high RB2, end RB two. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. even low end RB two. Like I, I don't know. It, I guess it depends on what that what that looks like in in your league. Yeah, I mean, if you can get Kenneth Walker for him, I'd do that. Um, Would you do Cream Hunt PPR? PPR, I lean hunt. Yeah. Uh, standard, I'll keep Ramondre. Okay. I think I think I'm with you on that one uh, in regards to the two different league settings. What about, uh, I mean, two guys that I know you liked preseason, Gibson and Sanders? Mm, Gibson's hard. I mean, I'm holding Gibson, but I think I think you got to take Ramondre over. Like, I don't think anybody that owns Ramondre is trading him for Gibson <laughs> right now with how that looks. <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you could, I would Sanders. I like Sanders a little bit more than Ramondre. Yeah. I have Sanders over Ramondre pretty. I mean, that one's not really that. I think if you can get that done, I I'd go ahead and make that swap. Gibson is, is just splitting right now. Like they are just splitting up the Washington. And it, I mean, it looks, it looks like Ron Rivera likes, uh, Brian Robinson more for whatever reason. So yeah. It's like uh, like they say, don't fight the Fed. Don't fight Ron Rivera, right? You know, every other year I have been out on Antonio Gibson and it's felt so good when this happens. This sucks. This is terrible. Why does anybody come back for this? After? Like it's been the consistent like year after year of the same thing. Why do people keep getting on the Gibson train? This is awful. Yeah. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the team. Um uh, Okay, how about Christian McCaffrey? You buying Christian McCaffrey in the the post Matt Rule era? Uh, I am, but I was always buying Christian McCaffrey. I still have him, you know, if not RB one, right in that elite tier. So I was always doing it. I know you had a little bit of, of doubts on McCaffrey. Would you Would you be buying now? Does I mean they they pretty much tried to force feed him the ball the whole game. Uh, yeah, just pulling up his stat line. So he had 13 carries for 69 yards. Eight targets is really encouraging. Uh, and he caught seven of them for 89 yards. My concern with, with uh, McCaffrey is more health. So I think if I owned him, I would sell him if I could get uh, one of the other top running backs, which is, you know, it hasn't really changed. Yeah, Saquon. Like what, what's, or, what's running backs? Are we talking? Just, uh, Jonathan. If I could get Jonathan Taylor, I, w- I would. I'm I'm comfortable with the injury risk on him versus McCaffrey, even though he is hurt right now. I, I think Taylor's going to be back next week. He was a game time decision this week. Yeah, it sounds uh, like it. Yeah, so I would take Taylor. 
uh, Saquon, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler. I think those are the guys I'd take that's over McCaffrey. That's that's yeah. pretty much the list. I think yeah. I would also take. No, that's it. I wouldn't even take. I don't know. I probably wouldn't take. I wouldn't take Taylor at this point. I feel like Indy's going to now split up that backfield as soon as everybody's healthy a little bit more, just just to keep Taylor healthy. Um, they could, yeah. I would take McCaffrey over Eckler. I think that's it. I think I would still take Henry. I would think I would take Barkley and Henry over him. And how about because uh, you've always been a Mixon guy? You taking McCaffrey over Mixon? Oh, don't make me do that. Don't make me answer that one. I right. I, I I love Joe Mixon. Um, he's getting the volume. He's getting the volume in terms of snaps. Like they're not turning around and handing the ball all that much. At least they didn't this week. They were also playing. They were playing catch up. Um, at least to start this game. No, I take I take McCaffrey over Mixon at this point. Yeah, I think I would too, but I've got him really close as well. I've I finally joined you on the Mixon bandwagon this season. I don't know if we <laughs> talked about that yet, but yeah, I was in on Mixon preseason too. Um, let's move on. Your boy Cam Akers. You've always been the Florida State fan, Cam Akers guy. Sounds like the Rams want to trade him now. What are your thoughts here? I I don't know. It sounds like he's upset with the situation. The Rams are upset with the situation. <laughs> Nobody's happy. Nobody's happy in this situation. If he gets cut, I'm I'm very interested to see where he lands. I don't know if anybody's trading for running backs in this, like in the NFL we live in, like at least to a point that it matters. I mean, Latavius Murray got moved, but I think that was just a, a practice squad pickup. That wasn't a trade. You know, I don't I don't see teams moving picks for him. So I I just feel like at this point. We're sitting on our hands waiting. I feel like you have to wait because if he does get traded to a good situation, he has the talent to take over and, you know, be a useful running back. I don't know if he still has RB1 level talent. It's He still looks a little hesitant comparatively to pre-injury, which is very predictable in his first full season back. But that could also get a little bit more comfortable as he moves forward as well. So I, I guess I'm saying you have to hold him. You could buy him for absolutely nothing or pick him up off your waiver wire. I think I would do that 100%. But it's not a situation that I expect to gain clarity until he gets cut pretty much. Yeah, it's one of those situations where there's no sense in selling uh, unless you got a short bench and you just want to drop him for a, a better option. Mm-hmm. I do think that it's it's kind of rare for running backs to – land in new situations mid-season and just you know fully take over unless that perfect situation comes along where a backfield is just totally decimated and they're desperate and acres comes in and, and dominates which you know it happens but what do you think like 20 percent chance of something like that maybe less yeah i would say just looking at the history of nfl trades in general not just running backs like across right. the board nfl trades mid-season don't tend to work out uh, sometimes a top receiver or a top running back can make a difference just because they're taking over all of the work that that they're inheriting and they're just that good. Uh, you know, obviously Odell had a, kind of his resurgence at the end of last year. So, uh, you know, there's there's some chance. I think your number is about right. I'd say there's about a quarter chance that he, that he lands in the right situation that gets the work 
that has the offensive line and the offense to where, you know, it, it's worth trading for him uh, versus just holding. Yeah, I'm with you. Elijah Moore, he's been absolute trash. I'm just going to say I'm selling. I think you got to drop him unless you're in a really deep league. He's got the feeling of, you know, one of those 49er receivers that we were like excited about uh, in the mid rounds the past few years. Oh, God, uh, no, Pettis, don't put like Dante Ayuk, Pettis on him. Pettis and Ayuk. Hey, Ayuk's been, Ayuk's been better. Ayuk's been, Ayuk's well, yeah, like not the saying... top receiver this week. No, no, I'm not saying that there's no hope for him long term, <laughs> but this season, I think you just write him off and it just feels like one of those years that it's like, just cut bait. <laughs> like you yeah. didn't want to own Ayuk at all last year. No, you didn't want to own him at all last year, but this year, this year, you're happy that you bought the dip a little bit. Although, you know, there really wasn't a dip on him. That's, that's part of the reason that it was hard to, to get back on the train with Ayuk. It was like, but guys, he was terrible last year. Why, why isn't there a dip? I wanted to buy the dip. Um, in regards to uh, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore. <laughs> sorry, I was just blanking on on who's who's working here. I, I don't know. I mean, I love the talent. He looked so good last year. I just don't know if that offense is going to take the form to support you know more than one receiver. And it seems like at this point, that receiver isn't him. I. I would never expected that. And it's not the lack of attempts. It's just, he's not getting involved. He's, he's not played over 70% of the snaps the last couple of games. The only guy that really is playing over 70% is this Corey Davis, who, which tends to show you the jets have been running a little bit more last, last couple of games as well. So yeah, I'm with you in redraft. I think it's, it's a situation where unless you're in a deep league, you can go ahead and just, Move on and take your shot elsewhere. I, I just feel like the the quantity and just the the offense isn't looking right for him. Um, but in Dynasty, I think I'm buying because I think you could probably buy him right now for a whole lot less than you could have even three weeks ago. So I, I do think there's a buying opportunity in Dynasty because I think the talent plays out. I think this is more of an Ayuk than a Dante Pettis situation, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I can agree with that. I'd buy in Dynasty, but I wouldn't, if you're going for it this year, I don't think he's the piece that you want. Um, so I wouldn't give up anything that that's going to hurt your chances for this year to, to get him. He's more of a no. rebuild option. Between, between Wilson, Davis, Conklin, uh, and then just the Hall, uh, Carter backfield. Like there's, there's actually mouse to feed in New York for the first time in a very long time. Uh, there's a possibility Corey Davis is gone next year, so it could start as soon as next year. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think it will. I, I do think it'll happen for him eventually. Two more quick topics here, and then we'll wrap it up. Beat on. We got to talk about the Jaguars backfield uh, since we've had this conversation before. It seems like it's going my way here and starting to shift <laughs> a little bit more towards ETN. Uh, buying or selling either of these guys? I mean, uh, you're not going to buy ETN. I know that you hate him and you're not going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I don't hate him. I feel like he's very overrated. Is is what I will say in regards to whether I feel like it's. I don't really feel like I'm buying either one. I think if I'm buying anyone, it's James Robinson, just because he's still getting pretty much the same level of of snaps and handoffs as he was before. He's just not finding the end zone right now. So I do feel like there's a little bit of a buying opportunity with him, whereas whoever 
drafted ETN and own ETN is is seeing this as a big move forward, whereas I see him as this still being like a 50-50 as it has been the entire year pretty much. Like I don't see that really changing at all except for like Jermichael Hasty took a few snaps this week and had one big run. So, you and know, props to Michael Hasty on the really nice, really nice touchdown run. But um other than that, I don't I don't see either one being a clear RB1. It's just gonna see it's gonna be who finds the end zone week to week. Yeah, so I'm I'm not selling James Robinson, I don't think, just because I don't I don't know what you're gonna get for him right now, right? After a couple down weeks. Um I mean his usage, he's got less than than 50% of the snaps each of the last three weeks. It does seem like it shifted to ETN. I've got ETN as my buy this week, uh, or our cartoon donkey does. So I'm in on ETN, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's not as good of an opportunity to buy as I'm thinking because the owner may be kind of anchored to the draft day price because I don't think he's going to return that kind of value. But the owner in your league might be looking at this as like an opportunity to get out. Like they, they were frustrated with him and – Oh, somebody's making an offer and he it's not like he had an awesome week here in week six. Like he was serviceable. Um, but I, I do think that I think it's going to be more ETN than Robinson moving forward. And I think he can be a nice back end RB two. Uh, and I think Robinson can still be a flex. So kind of a hold on James Robinson by an ETN. But I, I think you make a good argument, too. I mean, it, it's, it's a weird backfield moving forward. It's not going to barring injury. It's not going to be like a league winner on either side, probably. Yeah, even if it swings all the way to ETN, I think that's still only 60%. Like the Jaguars just don't seem like they want to commit to either guy. And they they really shouldn't. Both have looked actually pretty solid this year. ETN still does the things that I hate from ETN, which is kind of like he sits in the hole. He doesn't, he just doesn't attack aggressively enough sometimes. Um, but it, it's fine. Like ETN's been good in the situations they put him in. So I have no problem with ETN as a play, but I just, I don't feel like the, again, like you said, the, the draft day guy who has the anchor, I don't know if he's giving him up now that he's finally scored and started to put up points, but again, if you can get him for a cheap price, go ahead. Would you rather have him or, uh, I mean, cream hunt seems like the guy I'm just beating up on as like the, the, the comparison guy, but cream hunt or, or Travis Etienne. And we'll, we'll say like full PPR in this one, since they're both, PPR guys. You know, I think that's really close. Um, slight a slight edge to, to ETN, but really coin flip there. And then I think as you move to half PPR, I, I shift more to ETN and then standard, I'll, I'll go ETN over Hunt. But I think you hit the right spot there. They're both kind of back-end RB2s in that type of format. Um, we talked about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Where are you at? Clyde, Clyde or ETN? Uh, uh... I guess I'll go. This makes me. This makes me. How about Zeke too? Let's throw Zeke in there. Rank those. Oh yeah, let's just just make me feel like I really, really need to throw up. Um, I think I will go with Zeke one, just because I at no point do I feel like he falls below fifty percent snaps. He may lose some carries. He may lose some receptions, but he's going to be on the field. Like it's going to be working his direction. And he's always going to be the goal line guy, whether he's actually better at it or not. I, you know, I think I'll actually go. 
I'm going to go with Clyde, but I don't feel good about it. <laughs> um, just because Clyde's not getting the snaps either. Like the, the Chiefs are splitting it up even worse than, you know, the Jaguars are. They're bringing in McKinnon. Occasionally they're bringing in Pacheco. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one. Uh, I, maybe I would actually go with ETN just because if, if one of them's going to take over, I feel like it's ETN, whereas the Chiefs know exactly what they have in both Clyde and McKinnon, and it's kind of whether Pacheco is going to earn more or not. Bidon, yeah, uh, your connection, I, th- I think it's your connection and not mine. It's it's starting to sound like a robot. I think we got the gist of your answer there, though, and I'm just going to go ahead and and uh, wrap it up here. I'll tell you, I'm, uh, I know you said Zeke, then Edward Solaire, and then ETN. I'm actually ETN, Zeke, Edward Solaire. I'm selling Edward Solaire this week. And then the last topic I was going to kick back to you was your guy Mike Gesicki because, you know, he had a, a big week this week, and you were all in on him a couple weeks ago when we talked about it. Uh, but maybe we'll hit on that next week's show. Good call on him. He went for six receptions, 69 yards, and, and two touchdowns. And it sounds like two is going to be back. So I don't know if that's good or bad for him, but maybe we'll talk about that after we get a little bit more information next week. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up here. I am at DonkeyTeeth87. Bidon is at Razbidon. You can subscribe to our podcast on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts and Spotify and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is the Razball Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, it's, this is also being stream, uh, not streamed, but uh, posted on YouTube on the Rasball Fantasy channel. So if you could subscribe and like the video over there, we'd really appreciate it. Come check out our stuff on Rasball.com. And uh, we'll catch you next week, Beat On. Take it easy, man. See ya. ETN over Clyde. <laughs>